All right, you lot, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode three, and today I've got a really good conversation for you with Charlotte Clark. Charlotte is a musician. She's been releasing music for a number of years under her own name now, most recently, under different names in the past. She's been a sessionist, uh, and she's a great songwriter. And today we talk about uh, an event in her life, or a sort of setback in her life that almost led her back into releasing her own music. So it's quite an empowering story. I apologise halfway through my uh, laptop fan goes a bit mental. So you will hear some whirring, which I've done my best to edit out, but it is what it is. But yeah, sit back, relax and enjoy me and Charlotte's chat. Hello, Charlotte. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Oh, hello. I... I'm really well, thanks. It's been snowing and the world just looks a million times more beautiful. So it does. Good. There's no sort of, um, all the rubbish on the ground is slightly covered in frost and the sun looks quite quaint yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, so you are an amazingly talented musician. I'm a big fan. Oh, I was thanks. listening to your latest, it isn't EP or is it just an A side, B side? What are you calling it? Mother's Eyes. Um, oh, it's, they're just a couple of singles from the next EP. Yeah. Oh, great. I love it. I was listening Aww, to them this morning and you. over the weekend. Um, but yeah, you're extremely talented. Please tell us all about yourself. Oh, God. That's Thank like you. the broadest question ever. <laughs> you're very talented. Now talk about your talent. <laughs> um, well, I'm from a very musical family, a very mm-hmm. creative family. I'm really lucky to, to have that. And so music was just my whole life like Mm. I didn't really know any different and yeah I grew up going to lots of festivals um with my family me and my sisters used to all sing together and so like it just became a way of expressing myself very naturally Mm. so I've yeah I've kind of always done it um started writing songs when I was maybe about 15 and then moved to London and tried to like you know make it I don't even know if I was thinking about a career I just wanted Mm. to be around like-minded people um and yeah I've just been kind of doing it ever since so I guess what brings me joy is just um expressing myself through the form of music whatever way that that may be that's beautiful (laughs) how do you think it's has it changed over the years that you're you're I mean I guess we all grow through our writing and we I think become a lot braver with what we want to express but do you notice a a big difference or do you sort of feel like you're working the same way you always have? Mm, I think definitely the last year or two my writing has really changed I'm Mm. I don't it's kind of almost like an unconscious thing and my lyrics especially um it's it's a lot more autobiographical and Mm. um like very straight up and honest whereas I think when I was younger I was sort of I had these different like pseudonyms and like styles where I had like the sort of dark angsty side and then mm. there was the more folky version of me and, and now I think I'm sort of I found a place where I'm kind of all of those things combined. It's so um, funny I was I was talking to someone about this the other day and the need to I think in music a lot of the time people really obviously relate to like a persona or a character that they can jump on board with Mm. but I personally 
I had the same sort of thing as you. I didn't feel like I could encompass all of those sides under my own name. So mm. I had to be like really mysterious and kind of yeah. absent and like dark and moody or I would be like fun and pop. Yeah. And actually yeah. you can do all of those things. But it's kind of, it feels quite scary to take responsibility for all of those aspects of yourself. Yeah, completely. And I think it's also just this like pressure we put on ourselves that we should create this kind of brand and this mm. world that is like so sort of one lane mm. um whereas you know we're all so multifaceted and we're all like a million different people in one <laughs> yeah um so yeah I think it's it's cool to find to finally get to that place where I can be like oh I know who I am and I'm yeah. all of those versions of me yeah um, it's so co- yeah. it's so comfortable when you're like, oh, I'm finally mm. here, thank God. Yeah. Like, how, how did I make it this far in so much like excruciating self-consciousness? Oh, <laughs> oh, so. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> so yeah, this podcast is all about the significance of action um, mm. and how big setbacks, these were your words actually, how big setbacks can push you forwards and propel you onto mm. sort of bigger and better things. What for you was this big setback? I think we're we're just life is full of setbacks and mm-hmm. general adversity and shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> can I swear on this podcast? You can swear. <laughs> okay. Yeah, last year I had a major setback. Um, I mean, I don't know if it was like now. I'm looking at it. It wasn't so much of a setback. It was just a huge plot twist <laughs> mm. um which at the at the time felt like my whole career was over mm-hmm. but yeah I was playing for an artist and then I and then I was no longer playing for them I thought that was my career sort of set and sorted and then kind of overnight if you will everything changed mm-hmm. <clears throat> so oh it was just confusing and I think the biggest thing about it was like more what other people would think about about it like mm-hmm. thinking oh have other people maybe other people think that I've I've like failed and that yeah. was like actually probably more of a setback than it, than the thing itself so it was yeah just kind of like dealing with that now from that I've learned so many lessons mm-hmm. as we all do like you know when when bad or difficult things happen when the chips um, are down yeah, now I'm like super grateful for it. Not not okay, I don't think I'm super grateful for it, but it's I'm grateful that it's made me as like strong and resilient mm. as it has and I've I've kind of gained a, a huge amount of perspective. Yeah. You can see the wisdom in in it. Yeah. It's so funny last night I was I was out with a few of my good friends for a Christmas meal, for friendsmas as we say. And mm, um nice. we were all sort of reflecting on how far we have all come in the last year and like the changes that have happened like major changes in our lives like medical changes career changes mm. really serious things and I was like I'm so proud of us all we've done so well my best friend was like yeah but look at how much shit we had to get through to to be here <laughs> like all of the trauma like all oh, of the God, difficulty it. and it's it is character yeah. building but it's at the time when you're in it you're mm-hmm. they, there's just no way out and it feels like this endless yeah. tunnel of shit <laughs> But it is nice to get to that point where you think, oh, do you know what? Maybe I can see, I can see mm. the lessons in this. And after that initial shock, after you've had mm. this thing sort of thrust upon you, mm. like I love to wallow. We're all allowed, mm. we're all entitled to just sit and 
try and work out what the hell happened and sit in the shock. Did you mm. feel sort of compelled like soon afterwards to try and like pursue your own music? I did, Was it like, yeah, was it like a begrudgingly I... pick up your guitar and like, I guess I have to write songs now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the good thing is that I've always had my music and my writing as a way of mm. just it's like pure catharsis really for me like writing mm. um and I was doing that the whole time anyway but yeah I was definitely wallowing for like a good six months or something and I was yeah I was still writing but I didn't really know what it was for and you're in that kind of like oh I'm never gonna release it no one's ever gonna hear it Mm. my career's over what's the point <laughs> all of that Just go stuff. Get another yeah job. what's the point yeah i'm so lucky i think we're really lucky as musicians that we have that mm. like songwriting as a, a tool to oh my god yeah absolutely. Stuff out. like so many people don't yeah i was i i still kept writing but there was just a lot of figuring out what i was doing what, mm. yeah what i was gonna do next really yeah So when you decided to release, like, did you, was it like you woke up and thought, you know what, fuck this, I'm going to go and release my music? Or did you, did you need a bit of coaxing from people around you? Or did you feel really sure that that was the right step for you to do next after leaving the band? Mm, I've always, I've always known that, that that's something that I have that no one can ever take away from me. That Mm. like, no matter what happens, I've always got my songs and my yeah. music and that's the thing that like brings me so much joy and that was that was still there and that always mm. will be there so yeah I kind of it wasn't like a big decision I just thought well I had the songs anyway that I'd been working on and they kind of almost just it, yeah I think it, it almost gave me more fuel to be like well they're great and like what am I doing just sitting on them so yeah let's let's get them out but yeah it definitely took me a while to get to that get to that point and feel confident about it and did you feel any pressure or sort of excitement with obviously you had a whole new audience that were that would Mm. be there to hear hear your music how did that affect you did that was that like quite compelling and exciting or was it daunting I think it was both I it was daunting in the sense that I thought well no one's gonna listen because now I'm just me on my own Mm. (laughs) just that kind of self-doubt which Mm. like now I look back it's like it's just pure fear and insecurity from just stuff that's happened but at the same time I just always had that kind of curiosity of like well what could happen if I kept going so here we are (laughs) amazing was there an initial plan were you like, I'm just going to release something and see how it goes? Or did you have like a strategy in mind? Because that's the thing that I absolutely hate. Mm. You're an independent artist. So am I. I haven't got a manager. And I kind mm. of, that's the one thing that I flail at. I'm not a strategist. So did you, yeah. did you have that in mind? Or were you just sort of dipping your toe and seeing what the reception was like? To be honest, I kind of actually had no expectation or plan. Mm. <laughs> I've just been... Um, just releasing it and seeing what happens but I sort of have a vague plan and that is to just write and release as much as possible Mm. over the next however long 
to kind of like start my narrative, I guess, as an artist. Like there's so much that I've done, but it's been in like chunks where I'll like release mm. an EP and then I'll disappear for a few years while some big life thing happens and then I'll release another EP and I'm a completely different person and they don't mm. sort of link up. So now I'm just kind of trying to keep as creative as possible and just keep releasing stuff. Yeah, and it's such a challenge. I, I, I did the mm. same thing, like didn't release very much music at all over a period of like six years and somehow had a career. And I felt mm. so guilty that I wasn't mm. like, my output wasn't enough and I wasn't doing enough. But actually I didn't, it was a really bad time in my life and I had nothing <laughs> good to write about. Um, mm. But that's it, it's like the consistency and there's so much pressure I think now in the music industry with streaming mm. and like the instantaneous nature of music to always mm. be releasing things and always, and then people are like, don't do an album, no one cares about an album, just release singles and singles <laughs> and singles. And it is really freeing to just release what you want when you want. But I don't know, mm. there's a interesting, I think there's like a payoff between, as you were saying with your own artistic narrative of, if I just release like singles and I don't have any like longer form of music, mm. are people ever going to get like a grasp on what I'm about and who and mm. who I want to be and what I want to communicate? Like, how do you feel about this single, like instant gratification culture? The whole releasing singles forever. I mean, mm. like look at Ray, for example, who's yeah. having so much success at the moment, who was just like a single artist. Like she just released so many singles. It was like featuring on dance tracks and stuff. Mm. Um, and I think now like that her album is coming out, she's kind of just, um, and she's kind of, re she's releasing it independently, right? It's like, she's gone fully yeah, independent. So. Yeah. I just, well, yeah, she I was find like that caged by her like, yeah. poor woman was trapped by her record label for years yeah but like I admire artists that you know release I would love to get to a place where I mean I could release albums now and I definitely I've had a few moments where I've been like am I writing an album and me and Scott who I work a lot with on my music we've just been like work we just work on a lot of songs that would fit together in an album I guess mm. but there's not I feel like I'm still getting to that place I'm not at that, like, I don't know if you ever get to that destination <laughs> as such where mm. a fully formed artist and this is my album and then, and that's it. Like, I think there's always the fear of, I mean, I've only made, I've made two albums, neither of them have been released, but at mm. no point during the making of them did I feel like I was ready to do it. <laughs> um <laughs> It's kind of ex was like excruciating at points, but and also yeah. like I look I I look back now at like the press album press release and all these things, mm. and there is like a consistent narrative there. But I didn't there wasn't I didn't set out to write it with that. Mm. It kind of it kind of takes on more meaning and structure after yeah after it's done after you do it. But mm. I know what you mean because you are you want to like present yourself in the most consistent way. Mm. and make it as easy as possible for people to enjoy your music and hopefully feel mm. invested in it and mm. and like come on board but it's really hard when you don't know yourself what that mm. looks like mm. I think the thing is like now pretty much actually I'd say like now pretty much every song I write is I just write on my own mm. which I definitely didn't do before and there is more of like a, yeah, consistency in what I'm writing about. There's songs that I definitely know are like album tracks, but they're very key in like, tell in sort of like telling people another, well, really showing people another side you. of me. Yeah. Mm. 
I've got this next EP which is out in the new year and I think the next one after that is already written and Amazing. kind of pretty much done and then we'll see if I'm in an album place but um, I would love to release a record it's so it's exciting though I think there's less there's less pressure with EPs and like small like shorter form releases so you can just experiment mm. and mm. I think maybe there's an expectation with an, an album that you have to be this you choose your genre you have to stick mm. within that lane and it has to be has to make sense as one body of work mm. and I think there's kind of more fun to be had with EPs or like um a, like a couple of singles because there's less pressure and there's less like financial mm. commitment you can just mm. be like you know what I actually want to release like two soul tracks mm. and I don't feel comfortable writing an album of that yet but fuck it I'm just gonna put this out there and see what happens I think we as artists are always encouraged to do it for other people and to serve what our like listeners want to hear but all of the listeners just want you to do what makes you happy yeah and they yeah. will listen <laughs> yeah that's so true that's the thing there's so much like you should do this and you should do that but no one knows no if we're gonna spend like hours of our life crafting these things that like are sometimes really hard to do mm. and really uncomfortable why the fuck am I gonna do it for anybody else other than myself exactly yeah it's so Make true it work for you yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um. So you since you yeah. you're talking about your like collaborators and writing on your own, it's weird. I've done many a co-write mm. and it always ends up sounding kind of not like you. Um, which is the beauty of it. Yeah. If that's what if you if you don't want to sound mm. like you or you don't want to chase that, how mm. how do you feel like that sort of collaboration has changed your like artistic output? I used to get put in so many sessions with so many different people, and then it would get to like the end of the month. And none of these songs would mm. sound coherent. Like there was nothing that kind of linked them together, really, apart from my voice, which is mm. obviously the key. And I think it was, I think it was COVID actually sort of just triggered that because um, obviously mm -hmm. not much was happening. I think I tried like one Zoom session and it was just- I never tried that. I, always, I was like, this is um, not gonna work. <laughs> it was yeah. just bizarre. <laughs> Um, so then I just started writing on my own and this is the stuff that I'm kind of like releasing now. And, um, I took it back to like where mm. I started really with writing music and I started writing on my own. That was the stuff I would release, but then I think it was just like becoming an artist and then having like a team and taking things more seriously. You just get you told that yeah, that's what yeah. you do. Yeah. So I just ended up doing that for a while, but then I thought actually like, these songs are great yeah. and I can do it on my own. Yeah, I work pretty much just with Tom, mm. my boyfriend, or um, Scott, who produces mm. my stuff. And it's kind of just the three of us. Most of the time I'll have a song and then Tom will maybe like help come up with parts and then Scott will help record it. But yeah, I think now it's like my writing has so much more of a style yeah. because it's just me. And and it sounds like me and no one else. Like when you when you go when you went back to the beginning and what went back to the in the way that you originally started writing was there that I don't know was there that instant familiarity and like oh god I don't have to listen to other people's opinions I can just express yeah like what, how did how did that feel or did it take you a while to get back into it or was it like a riding a bike I mean I don't know 
yeah, it was just really freeing. Like I've always written on my own, but for some reason I always just thought that you have to then mm-hmm. go and take it to someone else. Yeah, everyone always says you can't you can't do it all. Like, oh, you're not good enough. Or maybe you should get a sessionist yeah. in or maybe... I mean, I'm not going to go and yeah. master my own song because I'm not a producer or a master, but I was told that I couldn't produce. And yeah. then, like, the, I when I literally couldn't afford to get anyone else to do it for me, I was like, well, I guess I need to try. Everyone always tells you that you can't do it. And yeah, you can, of course you can. Yeah, of course. Like, you're you're the one that people are believing in anyway. Like, you're the artist. Why would you not be able to write a song? Yeah. I don't know. It depends. Obviously, it depends what you want to do or, like, what kind of stuff you want to write or what world you live in and I think another thing was for me I started posting like videos and things of me writing of these little snippets Mm -hmm. that I started on my own and the kind of response was Mm -hmm. so positive um and that gave me a lot of confidence in it too I always get kind of scared of posting things mid um writing like how how do you do you feel fine with it Mm. are you happy (laughs) I do at the time (laughs) And then I listen back and I'm like, damn, I changed that lyric. That's not there anymore. But it's fine. We just, (laughs) it's just the process. What would you, what do you say is your, since you've embarked on this and like reconnected with your own music and your own self through it, what's been your favourite discovery? I think this sounds so cheesy, but just that I'm like, good at what I do (laughs) you know at the moment with the songs I'm releasing I I think that they could do really well and in a way that's like separate from me I just think okay Mm -hmm. these songs are great and like more people should be listening to them but it doesn't affect me in the way that it doesn't affect my self-confidence which I think is is great it's just like I feel like I have this kind of confidence and and like deep sort of knowing that yeah. I'm, that I can do it yeah which I didn't have before. it's funny I I've had a similar mm. thing but I, I don't I don't know what changed for me to suddenly believe it but mm. it's really empowering because you sort of think well do you know what even if this doesn't get whatever bloody playlist or if like someone I, I don't mm. get a record an uh, email from a label like I don't care because I know it's good and I don't need to chase mm-hmm. that and I, as soon as you stop chasing it and you're just happy and satisfied with what you do, everything changes, even if that's just within. Uh, But I always feel like that does have consequences because people can see that you're happy and you're comfortable and you're confident with what you're doing. And Mm -hmm. that authority over your own work is really infectious. And I think people just, Mm -hmm. people are like, well, if you believe it, then it must be good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so true though. It's like, if you don't fully believe it, then... Exactly. And that's the thing. I I used to feel really embarrassed or like arrogant if I said good things about my work. Mm, and I was too. like, hang on a minute. If I am the only, I am the one person that should be enjoying this and should be proud of it. I'm proud of myself. Yeah. And if I can't be, no one can. Yeah. I hate... What, why do people say I, I, that? It's though? just their own discomfort, I think. I don't know if they just feel like... No, yeah. I, think, I think you're right. It's just always a projection, isn't it? Of like, whatever is going on with them. It's a mm. shame, but it's really, even though it's like taking, ta- taking time, it's so nice to get to that place where you just feel satisfied and happy and proud of mm. what you do. And it's, it just frees you up to make whatever mm-hmm. art you want to make. Was there a certain soundtrack to that time of like rediscovering yourself? What were you listening to? What was inspiring you? Oh, 
I have a big playlist actually, I can't remember what's on it. I was listening to a lot of the Beach Boys and... Um, You're a harmony gal, aren't you? I love harmonies. I don't know if I'm great i think you're great i think do you know what i used to (laughs) my family are kind of musical but me and my brother always used to sing harmonies together that was that was our thing and i think there's something about doing that with like your sibling or like your family member that Mm. like that's my that's the probably my biggest skill is like i hear harmonies all the time and everything i don't have to go and sit there and work out at a piano i just know it but that's from me and tom just like doing it kind of jokingly for years but I I bet that that's where your intuition for it comes from yeah definitely I've always sort of been singing with my sisters I was listening to kind of a lot of like upbeat and really bold um sort of like songs that were just kind of empowering like (laughs) boss little sims oh such a good song repeat yeah (laughs) um pixies nice Lots of Big Thief. I'm just obsessed with Adrian Lenka. Um, Feist. I've just... I'm oh, yeah. like a Feist super fan. Lots of Haim. Like, a lot of women um, that... I don't know, sound um, very empowered. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. a like forced exposure. If I listen to this enough, then I will absorb all of this meaning and this, yeah. this empowerment. Yeah. Yeah, I did the same. Yeah. Loads of feist. Or if I forget how to write a good song. I can I'll hear just that in your music. Oh, I love her. I'm also I'm just obsessed with female singers. Any like yeah. soulful, pained woman, I want to hear yeah. her. Um and try A her. big one at the moment actually is Anais Mitchell for me. I just Oh uh, yeah. I haven't I do you know what I haven't listened to her loads, but I should. Mm. Well I hadn't, but um we went to see her play because some friends were supporting her. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know much. I only know like the Bonnie Light Horseman. Yeah, that's what I. That's done. more what I know. She started the set with a song called "Real World." It was just like spot on, <laughs> just summed up life in like a minute and a half or something. Yeah, her songwriting is just incredible. Wow. And she's a mum, and she's like, she's just doing it, you know. So, what are your plans for? 20 this will be coming out in January what are your plans for 2023 with your new with your new state of empowerment and self-belief <laughs> well hopefully more of that <laughs> um I don't know I'm on like a very nice little path at the minute and I I don't have any big plans I kind of just want to keep feeling good and release more music that I love and hopefully play some shows and just yeah kind of feel feel good in myself amazing <laughs> but do it organically it's the yeah. best way how do how mm. have shows been for you has it been like a re like a reclamation of yourself live obviously because bef- this setback was from that was your job to play live how has it been yeah, doing yeah. it um, under your own name it's been so special um I had no idea what to expect Mm -hmm. at all because everything's been kind of online and I haven't I don't even know when I last played before this year played a gig as me I don't think in fact I don't think I've ever played under my own name until this year apart from when I was like maybe 16 or something yeah so 
there were people there that like had come to see me and I just couldn't get my head around it. I still can't get my head around it. People that knew the words. It's crazy, um, isn't it? It's crazy. Like, I'm just so grateful <laughs> that people are there and they come out and they like listen and they enjoy it. And, and yeah, it's been fun to kind of play the new stuff and not be tied to a guitar like it's the first time where I've just had a microphone and I've been really even performing stage wow yeah I think I've been starting to like get into that space and it's been it's been really fun yeah it's so it is so fun to do that it's really scary especially when you Mm. like you don't I never realized how much of a crutch my (laughs) instrument is I (laughs) remember saying years ago to my old manager like I don't I just want to perform I don't want to can we just try this song in the set and I won't and I'll just perform and he yeah. was, I mean, he was an arsehole anyway, but he was like, <laughs> no, because if you're not holding the instrument, nobody will believe that you wrote the songs. And I was like, what? what? He, was like, he was like, you're, I was like 21. He was like, you don't seem credible because you're a girl and people wow. would just think that someone's written these songs for you. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Whoa. Um, so that, I had a oh complex about that afterwards. I was like, I can't, I can't perform live. Nobody will believe it was me. Oh, and now are you perfor- do you perform without... I haven't yet, really? only because there's so much fucking stuff in my mm. songs, and I right yeah I should I need to work out like a better live setup with probably with some more track, um but I've got mm. a show in January and I'm gonna think I might try and do a hands free do a song yeah. yeah, although when I'm doing it I feel like my arms are literally like the length of the earth like they just hang and I'm like where do where do they go and I become really like aware of my limbs <laughs> so, like the the hot dog fingers and everything everywhere all at once oh my see? god yeah it's literally yeah. I'm like I don't know what uh, yeah I practice a lot at home <laughs> did you feel any relief or any release after this thing had happened like did you think do you know what? Actually, like, I kind of just want to go home. And like, I love my home and I want to... Was there any mm. relief in that sense? Yes. I was quite, like, nervous about being away from Tom for ages. Mm. Um, and, like, what that would mean for our relationship. Because, like, you just hear so many stories about relationships falling apart when, like, one mm. of you's away forever. And we just got a puppy and I didn't want to leave the puppy. <laughs> there was a lot of relief that I had. More than anything, it was just this like feeling of shame. I don't know why. I just felt like it was more for what other people would think about it. Mm. Because it's such a public job, really. Mm. And there's so much opinion of like, okay, well, if you're doing that, then you're really successful. And now that you're not, then maybe you're not successful. And then that just like got into my head. I think now that I'm sort of past that, I feel very relieved that I'm that I'm just at home and not in that not in that world where like stuff can just get to you so easily. It can be a really fractious place and like doing music and having people know who you are is like a weird, a weird thing and it's really invigorating and it scratches that itch that so many people have of like I want to be known and I want to matter and I want to do something. But mm. along with that does come like public opinion and people's opinions even if mm. they didn't matter to you the veracity with which people give their opinions out to you when they weren't asked for in the first place can be really damaging Mm -hmm. and hurtful. And it's so unfair when you do feel that shame and you do feel Mm. like a failure, but not because that's how you feel, because someone else has made you feel that way. When someone else has the control and has the power to just like 
change your life and mm. cut you off from the things that you knew and were good at and mm. were enjoying is heartbreaking. And it's mm -hmm. really traumatic. All of these actions have so many consequences that they never have to entertain. Yeah. And yeah. it feels really Completely. unfair to be left to deal with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so tough. Yeah, I think that's such a good word for it. It's just, it's unfair. No one understands how that will make you feel. Mm. Apart from you. And luckily I wasn't the only one that had experienced this as well. Like there were other people that I could speak to that were in the same boat. So mm. I feel at least... We were. I wasn't alone, but then, but then it's kind of just turning it on its head and being like, "Well, it is unfair, but that's their decision, and that's that person, and like, yeah. I can't change that, and I can only be, be myself and, and move on and move forward." And yeah, I was talking about this again last night with some friends. This about like being gracious and being graceful and doing things and accepting things that you have no control over with grace. But I was like, do you know what? I'm actually sick of being the bigger person. Sometimes mm. you just want to be really angry. And like yeah. anger is a legitimate emotion and you're allowed to feel it yeah. and you're allowed to feel pissed off and hurt. Mm -hmm. But there's no, no one's ever encouraged to seek an outlet for that. You kind of just have to swallow it and yeah. move on. Yeah, and just deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was talking to one of my friends about this last night, actually, and she was like, it depends how big the, the setback is, but she was like, if something just annoys me or if I'm affected by something, I just give myself a certain amount of time, like whether that's a day or like five minutes or whatever that is. Mm. And I'll literally set an, a, set an alarm clock on my phone. Wow. And I can lash out like as much as I want, and let it all out. And then when that time is up, I'm like, I'm done. Wow, I'm going to try that. That's a great, that's a great exercise. Yeah. What are you listening to now? What's inspiring your current music? Lots of Anais Mitchell. Mm -hmm. That's like a big one at the minute. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's an artist called Sea Rose. It's just very wintry, sort of melancholic, nice, soothing music. I think at the moment I'm just in this sort of Christmas zone where I'm yeah. kind of shutting down for Christmas. <laughs> so I'm listening to lots of um, pretty music, I think. I'm also really enjoying Archetypes, that podcast. Oh, yeah. Have you listened yeah. to it? I've listened to a couple of episodes, but I need to... It's mm. on my list of downloads. I do. I love yeah. podcasts. Clearly, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so grateful to be on your podcast. Like, I've always wanted... I've always wanted to be on one. <laughs> the first of many, I'm sure. So, yeah, I guess overall, in the grand scheme of everything that's happened in your life and how you've adapted it, how do you feel mm. it's empowered you? I have so much perspective now on success, I think, and mm. what that means. What is your definition of success now? What's your new redefinition of success? I think it's just loving what you do, like being content with yourself and mm. your, what you're putting out there. I had this thought the other day where I was like, every single person in my life or regardless of that if whether they're in my life or not like anyone that thinks that they know me or has a perception of me has a different narrative for me mm. like to your mum you'll be a certain person to your partner you'll be another person like mm. you know like to a, someone that follows you online and you can't really like none of that stuff matters as long as you know who you are mm. um, and so I think just being successful is just knowing yourself and being happy with with that doing good putting out goodness into that's the world. beautiful 
I love that. Mm. That's really nice. Thank you. Thank you for coming and talking <laughs> to me. Do you want to plug yourself? I think I will have a new song coming out in January <laughs> or maybe February. <laughs> so yeah, you could just look up Charlotte Clark and then that's it. <laughs> awesome. I'll put your uh, links in the show description so people can find you afterwards and listen to your music. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. I love talking to you as always. And yeah, I can't wait to hear too. what you're doing. And I can't wait to come see you play because I missed the last show. Oh, thanks. I want to come see you play too. I feel like we need to just hang out. We do need to hang out. In general. We should. Well, that was a dream. It's always such a joy to speak to Charlotte. So thank you to her for being so open and speaking so fluently about her life and career. It was a really lovely way to start the week and felt quite zen after we'd done it so if you want to hear more about charlotte if you want to hear brilliant music then look her up on spotify apple music i'll put some links in the show notes um go and support her she's very very talented and i'm sure you'll love what you hear if you like this show then you could is there a rate button subscribe or something all of that stuff anyway send it to something that you love and i will see you next week for more brilliant chats with wonderful people In the meantime, look after yourself, eat something good, maybe go and listen to my new album which is out now, it's also called Otherwise Fail Me, original one Ella, but yes, look after yourself, peace and love.